Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It's exciting times here in London. Uh, I've been talking recently about my uh, my new project, Languages of London, where I'm getting people together, forming a movement of people who are learning languages. And we've had two meetups now, and they've been fantastic. We had another one uh, last week. Lots of amazing people um, coming. We had we've got more and more people coming each time. And you know what's really great about this is the quality of people that are coming as well. You know the way that we describe the event is it is for bringing together people with a common love of languages and you know London being what it is so full of people from all around the world who speak different languages everybody loves languages well not everybody but most people love languages and and the kind of people that we've got coming to these to these events now is really wonderful everybody mentions to me like I just I'm blown away by how just how many interesting conversations uh, I had over the course of the evening we've got a great venue as well in the welcome the welcome cafe with two L's um, on Euston Road uh, here in London and uh, it's just over, overall really great and I, I'm super happy that this is going on and also very thankful to have a wonderful team of people around me as well who are helping organize the events and doing business cards and flyers and all, all kinds of stuff like that so I, I'm really happy about that if you're ever in the UK or ever in in London then you should definitely check out the meetup group because not only do we have these free meetups but we're also doing lots of language events as well around the place like workshops and community events things like that so go to meetup.com look for languages of london you will find us and um, i hope to see you at one of our events at some point before we get into today's question i'd like to thank the wonderful sponsors of the show who are kind of featured in the question today actually it's all about italki which is the place where you can get language lessons or become a teacher and if you'd like to get a free lesson you can go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson now it's time for today's question. It's from Japan and it's from Miki. Hi, Oli. I'm Miki from Japan. I restarted learning English about one year ago. I really appreciate your great podcast. Your podcast is always a great help to stay motivated, and every time I really learn a lot from you. Today, I would like to ask you about teaching Japanese on Italki. I take online English lessons on Italki. Every time I finish the lesson, I feel so happy and become more confident in English. Now, I'm thinking about becoming a Japanese tutor on Italki so that I can take more English lessons using the money which I earn by teaching Japanese. And of course, I'd like to help Japanese learners. If I become a tutor, I'll listen to the, each student's needs. But as you always say, Japanese is a difficult language. So, if there is anything that I should keep in mind when I teach Japanese, please let me know. I would love to hear your advice. これからもオリさんのポッドキャスト楽しみにしています。よろしくお願いします。Hi, Miki. Thank you very much for a great question. And I think it's a wonderful idea as well to go and teach Japanese on italki.、えー、Miki さん、実はね、僕は最近はそんなにたくさんあの日本語練習してないから、あの先生になったらぜひ連絡してください。多分、えー、僕はミキさんと一緒に勉強したいと思います。So, Miki loves taking English lessons on italki and she wants to teach Japanese. 
have the experience of doing that and make a bit of money as well so she can take more lessons in English on italki. I think that's a fantastic idea. Obviously, I love italki. You know that. But how do you do it? How do you start teaching if you don't have any experience or if you think your language is, is hard? This could this episode has the potential to be a huge rabbit hole. So I'm going to give you some kind of headline thoughts here. I'm going to tell you really what I think the most important things are for you to do because there's potentially a lot of people also listening to this podcast who have thought about taking lessons with italki. So, taking lessons? No, I mean uh, actually teaching lessons with italki. And why not? Because here's the thing, you don't have to be a professional teacher. There are two classes of teachers on italki. You have the professional teachers who are very experienced with qualifications, uh, and that's fantastic, but you also have community tutors who are people who will basically give you their time to help you practice the language that you're learning for some money. And it's great because, I mean, I use this all the time uh, because I, many of my languages, it's like Japanese would be an example. I don't, I'm not really looking for a teacher, but I am looking for someone who, who, who I can just practice with reliably and who can give me a bit of feedback and correct some of my mistakes as well. So two different kinds of teachers for, for different purposes. So, you know, Mickey, uh, I'm going to assume that you've never taught Japanese before and you, you haven't trained as a teacher. So you're completely new to this. Uh, you know, you, you can, still offer a huge amount because uh you know there are lots of people out there learning japanese and people are always looking for someone nice to to talk to if you've got someone who is just looking for kind of conversation lessons a speaking partner then often the the best speaking partner is someone that you get on with well and who you like talking to so that's an extremely important thing and mickey i'm sure you're very very nice you're interested in languages and so there'll be lots of people out there who would really love to meet you and have you help them practice japanese so here was here's what i would advise you firstly be very honest about what you're offering and your experience level you can create a profile on italki with a video and all of that tell people very honestly look i'm I'm not a, an experienced teacher. I don't have any qualifications, but I really love languages and I'd love to help you practice Japanese, uh, give you some speaking practice and help correct some of your mistakes or whatever else I can. If you do that, you'll get the right kind of person looking for you. Don't try and write a kind of big profile saying how experienced you are if you're not. Be very, very honest and that's the best thing to do. When you get a new student and when someone asks to take lessons with you, have an honest talk with the student about what they're looking for and how you can help. So I would be asking them questions like, so what, what are you looking for in these lessons? How would you like me to help you? Do you want to just talk? Do you want me to correct your mistakes? These kind of questions help the student think about the way that they want to study. And it means that you can kind of be as informed as you can so that you know that you, the, the way that you are um, teaching them or the things that you do in the lesson time is what they're looking for. Ask them lots of questions. Now, Mickey, you asked if there's anything special about Japanese in terms of your, your teaching and if you should be wary about anything in particular in Japanese. I mean, I agree that Japanese is harder than uh, other languages, but the thing is, you know, you're not setting yourself up here to be a professional teacher who gives structured lessons and follows a curriculum. I mean, maybe you'll do that in time, but but for now, really... The main thing that you have to offer students is the ability to help them practice speaking and to be a good listener, to give them feedback. That, that's the main thing you have to offer. So I, in that sense, you know, Japanese is just the same as any other language. You probably won't be teaching complete beginners. I, I would also probably recommend that you don't at, at first. And so people will already 
have be able to speak a little bit of Japanese, the most important thing that they do is simply to practice. So I wouldn't worry about Japanese itself. You just focus on the actual, on doing what you can to help students in, in the lesson. And so to that point, how should you teach them? What should you do? Well, there's one skill above all that you have to develop as a teacher, and that is the ability to listen. The more you can listen to your students, the more you're going to be able to help them. And all great teachers are great listeners. And the best way that you can actually do this in a lesson is by listening very closely to the language that they're using. All right. So the first thing you've got to do is to let the student talk as much as possible. Okay. Your main job is to encourage them to speak. Ask them lots of questions. Push them a little bit. Get them to, you know, if they stop speaking, ask them why. Ask them to say some more. Encourage them to speak and make them feel amazing. Okay. Because that's what people want. They want to feel that they are on the lesson with you, speaking Japanese and doing it successfully. So first of all, you have to get them to speak as much as you can. All right. As they're speaking, listen very closely to their Japanese and have a piece of uh, paper and a pen there with you and start to make notes of mistakes that they're making. Don't write down everything, but make notes of things that they say that really affect communication. So if they say something that but you still understand, then that's not such a big priority. But if they say something and you, and you really don't understand or you think it really makes it difficult for you to understand, that's the kind of thing that you want to focus on. Write down those mistakes that they're making. Don't stop the student talking. Don't interrupt the flow of the conversation. Just make notes yourself. And then look for patterns. Because what you'll find is that the student makes the same kind of mistakes over and over again. We all do this. I was having a Cantonese lesson this morning with Priscilla and she was telling me, look, Ollie, you've got to st- stop doing this. Like I kept saying the same, making the same mistake over and over. Um, so have a, have a pen and paper, write down the common mistakes that you hear. And then after a while, after they've been, after you've been speaking for maybe 10, 15 minutes or so, then stop and then have a feedback session. Show the student what kind of mistakes they've been making or Show them opportunities for improving. And the simplest way to do that is to write down, say, for example, let's say you've got five sentences that they said that were not great in Japanese. Well, what I would often do is actually write those sentences and send it back to them. If you're on Skype, you can just write down those five sentences and send it back to the students and say, look, this is what you said. Can you notice any problems with that? Can you think of any ways to improve that sentence? So you're getting the students to recognize their own mistakes or getting them to recognize what things about their speaking, which can be improved. But what's important is that you don't just send them every mistake they make because that's going to depress them and get overwhelm them. Instead, you want to be selective and only send them things that they're making regular mistakes with. Okay. And if you just focus on doing that, taking notes, listening carefully to what they're saying, and then every now and again, stopping and feeding back certain interesting language points to the student for them to reflect on and to think about, then you are already going to be a really wonderful teacher and you're going to be helping them a lot and uh, they will thank you for it. Now, at the end of the lesson, ask the student what you could do to improve. Okay, because students know what they want often, or at least they know if 
what they, what they don't like. And it's really important that you ask the student to let you know somehow what you could do differently that they would like more. But the problem is often students don't want to give negative feedback to a teacher. They don't want to say or hurt their feelings in any way. So a really good question you can ask at the end of a lesson is, what would you like to work on next time? What would you like us to do in the lesson next time? That way, it's the, that's a really good question because it gives the student the opportunity to say what they want without actually risking offending the teacher. You know, there's a big difference between saying, what did you think of today's lesson? That's a bad question. A good question is, what would you like us to work on next time? Or you could even ask, you know, what would you like us to do differently next time? Because this way, Mickey, what you're going to do is you're going to get feedback from the students on your teaching. And if you keep doing that, you know, that's how you learn um, uh, different ways of, of teaching. Every student's different. Every student's going to give you a different piece of feedback. But as a new teacher, it's really important that you ask those questions so that you can experiment with different things, try new things out, and you'll very quickly uh, start improving. So I hope that was helpful. Good luck with that. I think it's a wonderful thing you're doing. If you would like to ask me a question, please do. Um, what Mickey did was she went to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash ask, and you can do the same thing too. So please do that. Leave me a question. Uh, I've got quite a few questions in the queue, but I do try to answer every one unless it's totally um, off the ball. So go ahead and do that. If you have enjoyed the podcast recently and you'd like to um, help me out, then please go to iTunes. And leave me a review on iTunes because reviews are great. They help other people find the podcast. And you can do that by going to the iTunes store, searching for I Will Teach Your Language, and then leave a review and rating there. I would be very, very grateful for that. Now, at the end of every episode, I'd like to leave you the resource on the topic of the show. This is one that I've mentioned before, but I'll mention it again because I think it's very relevant for um, any of you listening who are teachers. And it is an article I wrote that's really popular, actually. Teachers have been forwarding it and circulating it around themselves. And uh, it's called 19 Quick Changes You Can Make Today That Will Make You a Better Language Teacher. And it, it includes tips such as talk more about yourself. Spend less time on reading, listening and writing. Stop thinking of yourself as a teacher and many, many more. So if you want to find out what that's all about and uh, have a bit of qualification for those um, those abstract statements, then you can find a link to this and many other things on the show notes and you can do that at IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash episode 190. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you back in the next episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. You know, one of the questions I get asked most often about language learning is how to improve your memory. Because things get so much easier when you learn new words and you don't forget them later in conversation when you really need them. So what I decided to do was to put together a, a, a short email course. It's a three-part email course over three days that teaches you my favorite techniques for memorizing vocabulary and actually putting that vocabulary into your long-term memory. It's a short course, three days, it's completely free, and if you'd like to sign up for it, please go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free memory course.